What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another Sooner or Later Sports. Uh, it's your boy Coop, and I am joined today with uh, with not Jay. Jay is uh, making bad decisions in Las Vegas. So uh, I got K. Chris with the horns down. Chris, what, what's going on, brother? Hey, not much, man. Just another really good and interesting football weekend. It was cool just to be able to sit there and, and glance, observe, watch, all of those things uh, to see. And uh, I know that's one team that we definitely may talk about because there was a little bit of Oklahoma sprinkled in there. But regardless, though, it was a great weekend, man. Great weekend just to kind of refresh, hit the, hit the restart button, and um, – it focused back on what's really important that OU football, right? Definitely, definitely. So, well, let's uh, let's start out talking about um, little games going on. Let's start with the uh, with the Washington and Oregon game. Give me your thoughts on that because I mean those are two teams that uh, you know if we keep our trajectory, you got to think one of them has an opportunity to uh, be on our schedule. So, uh, give me your thoughts. So, how how should I say this? Uh, this is a family show, right? This is a family show. So I'm 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 gonna keep it as PG as I possibly can, okay? No, I'm not. Look, Dan Lanning has some huge nuts. I'm just gonna say, hey, in that fourth quarter moment, what are we doing? Yeah. Are we playing Madden? Are we playing NCAA? That was insane. That was an insane call. Now, I will say this. As critical as I have been in the past of Bo Picks, excuse me, Bo Nicks, best game I've ever seen him play, and he's yeah. had some better performances. But all around in that game to be able to answer, hit uh, hit the passes that he was, it was an incredible it, it was incredible performance. Um, to me, I'll say this right here: these are two evenly matched teams. As much as we want to sit here and say, "Oh, you and Texas should uh, meet back up in, uh, in in the Red River game and in, in in the Big Twelve Championship game," they probably should should meet back up as well. They're yeah. Defenses are sound. I think. I think. I want to say Oregon is a little bit better. You know, my my biggest problem with the game to end it was simply, I mean, Oregon was playing against their top, their top two cornerbacks. They both got injured and couldn't play on an island like they wanted to, so they had to help. Uh, Michael Penix is a problem. I think when he gets going, uh, they had a perfect defense for him uh, in the first yeah. half. They were able to limit them to a lot of different opportunities and make them really work the field. But in the second half, he just really prevailed. Um, I thought it was a great game all the way around and all uh, facets of the game, special teams, defense, offense, all those different things. I just thought that it was – I thought that it really came down to coaching came down to a couple of decisions, man, but it was a great game. And I, I think simply because I don't know when Cam Rising is going to come back and I don't know if, 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 and when he does come back, if they're even going to be just a one loss team and then USC, obviously the problems that they have. So, I mean, these two, I look for them to play again, if, if that's possible. Yeah. So, I mean, I also want to say, uh, let's see here who said it. Uh, James said it in the uh, in the chat, and I kind of believe this is you saw Washington. They finally are at a spot where I think that they believe in themselves and they think this is the time. Right. So we, we heard the, the you know, the Penix, um, you know, the Penix chatter, you know, when he was in the Big Ten and then he comes over here last year it was really, really big. It kind of it kind of dwindled. Um, but they are a team. I mean, they've got wide receivers that are going to be able to hurt you mm -hmm. in a, a, a lot of different ways. 
Um, they ran the ball very, very well. I mean, I didn't expect that type of a running game out of Washington this week. But you see this highly skilled team who has confidence and they know their game plan and they're bringing it out right from the get. Um, and, and, and that looks great because I thought that one of the things that I wanted to see is when Washington was faced up with some adversity, what were they going to do? Mm-hmm. And uh, because you look back on the other side in Oregon, they take Dan Lanning's uh, personality, right? Because they mm-hmm. walked in there into the Colorado game and they, they, they enforced their will. So, you know, if, if you watch that game and you saw two crap defenses allowing two offenses to do what they want, you were seeing it wrong because these are two highly skilled offenses and two mm-hmm. defenses that were just holding on for, for, for dear life. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, go ahead, Chris. I was just going to say, man, you know, um, for me with, with Washington, you, you have to win some of those 50, 50 balls. Meaning either you're getting a pass breakup or, or you're getting a PBU or, or you're getting an interception. Like you have to win some of those 50 50 balls because he Penix likes to, Penix will throw you a 50 50 ball. Let's just be honest. Yeah. With um, um, I, I like, I mean, I, I, I agree. I agree with everything that you just said. I mean, it was a great, it was a great game all around and it was, it had you on the edge of your seat for a while. Um, like I said, I, I think what it boiled down to was just, was just the play calling or uh, down the stretch, and I know it's it's easy to pick apart and, and and try to poke fun at Dan Lanning for that, but he was consistent the entire game. Um, do I think Bo Nix could have could have? I think I think the top route on that the the third wide receiver at the third level was I thought he had more of a shot to uh, have he had a better chance to catch uh, to catch a pass than the out route that um, Bo Nix was trying to hit because Bo Nix was floating to his left, all the rest of that stuff, but. I think that at the end of the day, my decision-making may have been a little bit different. I get that's the kill shot right there, but I would rather punt the ball, try to get it down there at the 10, and make and make Penix work those two minutes opposed to giving him the ball right there. Um, I'm, I forgot where it was. It wasn't like the 40, the, uh, their 40 going in. It was on Oregon's like 40 going in, right? Yeah, I would I would rather make him work the field. He's gonna make those unbelievable passes, then he's gonna do that. And yeah, there'll be 40, 50 yard gains, but you know, that's putting the ball right back there at the 50 yard line for them, opposed yeah. to with the clock as urgent and you know, making it making it really urgent for them to move the ball. So that's what I would have preferred Dan Lanning to do. But I mean, overall, you can't really be too mad at it because he was he was consistent the entire game. Yeah, and if you guys are just joining us, uh, Jay is out on sabbatical. He's uh, he, he is hanging out in the uh, the good land of Las Vegas. And so, if you are checking out, I got uh, Chris with a K from Horns Down Podcast, and he's joining me here today. So uh, we've been kind of recapping that the Oregon Washington game. And so, uh, if you got your opinions, you know, go ahead and hit the like button. Give us comments. We're gonna have it in there. Uh, wipe your feet. Give us a like. Uh, if you guys don't understand when we say the the wipe your feet, that means come on in here and give us a nice little uh, thumbs up because it helps the algorithm. It says, hey, listen, this is uh, this is good stuff for uh, for people to look at. Uh, so hey, we either gotta confuse the algorithm or be really really good. And I don't know which one we're doing at the moment. But um, let's take it over here. This one we don't have to spend a lot of time in, but. Uh, something really, really big happened, and we'll we'll see the the shakeout. Uh, Georgia uh, looked like Georgia again, right? So up twenty four seven at halftime over Vandy. Vandy 
uh, actually, you know, did a lot. Uh, but Georgia loses Bowers. How do you how do you think? Uh, how do you think this uh, this this plays out? I mean, I, I haven't heard anything on whether it's uh, a, a long term, a nagging yeah. type of thing yet. But um, obviously, that 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 kid is a player, and he uh, bails that team out uh, a few times, a few times a quarter. That takes a, that takes away a big uh, that takes away an experienced um, um, a tight end, an experienced weapon in your offense. I know that Lad McConkey, I think he's back, but I know he's been kind of on and off loading and all the rest of that stuff, but it will definitely be interesting to see how long he's out simply because, um, that's a lot of production. Um, I, like I, you know, as you guys already know, if you go over there to the, to the horns down podcast or see me on anybody else's podcast, just like this on Freshmore, shout out to that. But if you see me, um, then, you know, I'm an eye test guy and I know you know, like Nick Nino's corner. Nick is a big, you know, I call him yeah. logistics statistics guy. Right. Yeah. So if we're leaning on what Nick is thinking, then it's, it's just another huge weapon. It's the be- it, arguably the best player in college of football that you're losing. But not only that, you're losing all that production from your offense that at times has been stagnant even with him. So it will be interesting because, I mean, Rara Thomas, um, gosh, I, I mean, you could go down the list of wide receivers they have that are just speedsters and just are, are gamers. So they still have weapons. And I think the belief is, is that Carson Beck at some point will have a, a kind of a, a coming out party to show that why everybody – coming into the season thought he could be better than what Stetson Bennett was. And even though Stetson Bennett is a two-time national championship uh, quarterback. Right. So it's really interesting, man. I, I, I think Georgia is still Georgia. I think Georgia will rely heavily on their defense. I think they'll go back to that. I think you could see them possibly shift towards kind of a, um, that Jake Fromm era for a little while where it's just kind of game managing, making sure that we're in the right spots. We're doing what we need to do. Um, We're scoring when we can. And, you know, some of these games may be tight, but at the same time, it's Georgia and, you know, they're younger on defense. I mean, when you lose that many draft picks over the last two years and these guys are going in the first round, that many first round draft picks, it's only it's only natural that this happens, but they haven't really hit a, a serious decline. It just hasn't looked as dominant as it has in the past. Yeah, and I liked Mark Stoops' comments after the game last week. It's you know they they they've spent good money on these players, and you know for for every one that we have, you know they've got eighty five of these guys. So um, you know people are the the. the I guess the honeymoon and the romance is is done with Georgia. Uh, people are, are tired of it. Um, you know, they want to see Georgia go down and, and lose. Um, they're not going to be tested until the SEC championship game. And even with, I don't even know if that's going to be a really big test. Uh, you know, Alabama skirts by barely uh, over Arkansas, you know, this week. And it's just, uh, it's just tough. I mean, it's a tough, tough game in the SEC right now. And you don't really feel like there's anybody who's standing out um i still think you know king of the hill mentality uh georgia is an absolute um they're they're top of the hill you're gonna have to knock them off in order for me to say put somebody else at number one because i really don't care um Mm -hmm. it's it's time to uh it's time to just you know get yourself in the final four and uh, you're gonna have to you know beat the big boss uh the big boss in order to move on and so uh you just keep on winning so um 
Another one that I, I do want to point out is uh, A&M, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, if you like ugly football with not a lot of uh, execution, that was the game for you. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you got a chance to check that out. Um, you know, you got to see uh, Joe Milton, uh, 100 yards passing for the day, a touchdown, a pick. Um, you know, you had Max Johnson, zero touchdowns, two interceptions. They don't have anybody else. and They're just tossing folks out there. Uh, what's your thoughts on this game? Did you get a chance to, to watch this one? or I did it? get yeah. to watch it. And you know what? No Joe Milton slander today. I'm sure that everybody knows how I feel about Joe Milton, especially how I like to say my friend Jay, okay? <laughs> Jay knows <laughs> exactly how I feel about Joe Milton. But here's what I have to say, okay? Coop, screw the game. Here's the huge takeaway. Here's the big takeaway. Jimbo Fisher is four and three. Let me say that one more time. Jimbo Fisher is four and three this year with this talent, with this roster, with this recruiting class, with all the narratives that go into it. He's four and three. People, we've been saying this for the longest. Texas A&M is notoriously an eight and five team. The best thing that can happen to, uh, uh, excuse me, not Texas A&M, excuse me, let, let me rephrase that. Jimbo Fisher is notoriously an eight and five coach. Let's be real. The only thing that could possibly save his job is next year uh, he beats Texas and somehow meets up with OU or or whatever the case may be in any type of way. And like as far as that 12 team playoff, the best that he could do is do that to kind of cushion the blow. I think that that's the narrative, that's the storyline that everybody needs to take away from that game. Screw the game. The fact of the matter is they are four and three now, seven games into the season. Nobody had them going uh, uh, being that bad this this year. And they're not even that bad of a team. They have a hell of a defense. I, I just don't know what else to say, man. I mean, yeah. it's the same numbers, the same production. It's eerily similar to what was going on with um, with Kevin Sumlin. It, it that it needs to be talked about more. The fact yeah. that he's been there this long and hasn't been able to get anything done. So, I mean, that's that's my biggest takeaway, Coop. I don't want to say much more. Uh, DJ Hicks actually showed up in the stat line uh, finally. So, um, you know, that's good. Uh, I've heard some chatter, which I don't want to, you know, elevate into uh, more rumor mill. But uh, there is going to be, I think, another exodus out of A&M this year. Not just like, hey, we assume this, but it's there's starting to be some people having some conversations. And, you know, they're going to start rolling out some new people. The thing that makes this such a, a damning thing for A&M is Jimbo Fisher and Bobby Petrino are offensive minds and they can't put something together. I mean, they are literally throwing bare. I mean, they're throwing Trevor Knight style, like Oklahoma, Trevor Knight, non-Alabama game style of an offensive uh, scheme mm-hmm. out there. And it just, it's bad. It's, it's not good at all. And um, yeah, everybody brings up the 80 million ish in buyout money for, uh, for Jimbo. It, it, it's more than the buyout money. Uh, and Jay says it, you know, all the time too. And if you're just joining us, uh, Jay is um, him and his friends, uh, the Wolfpack are taking shots on the casino rooftop in uh, Las Vegas. So uh, we, we will check in with him as soon as he, uh, as soon as he comes back and uh, wakes back up. Hopefully he comes uh, with pictures of a, a tiger in his hotel room, but um, talking about A&M, um, 
it, the fact is, is a and not going to just bring in a, an up and comer and give them $5 million. It, they're going to want whoever's going there. Um, the names are, are, are numerous, but whoever will go there will ask for a $200 million contract. And at some point, the money has to make a difference, right? At some point, it's got to matter because when you're tossing out NIL money for these recruits, when you're tossing out money for the coaches and, you know, you look at every single time that you look at the Twitter timeline, it's either somebody knocking on the uh, the Yale leaders, which I'm not even going to get into that right now because uh, I work for Contents and crazy. I don't know if there's more masculinity in the Barbie movie or in those videos. I'm just not 100 sure. Uh, I haven't seen the Barbie movie yet, but I don't think I will. Hopefully, uh, but anyway, it, it, you've got all this talent, and it's just it's troubling. It, it and that is putting it lightly is it's absolutely troubling. I mean, you love to see it as an OU fan or as a Texas fan. And it's just an absolute, I mean, it's just an absolute nightmare down there. And last year it is 100%, um, you know, Hey, listen, maybe this is just a down year. Now you're seeing it again. Uh, they've got South Carolina at home on 10, 28. So they get a bye week. They can't lose next week, hopefully. Um, but, uh, South Carolina coming to the, uh, the cult, cult cultural center. Sorry. That's what I meant to say. Um, on the 28th, then they go to Ole Miss on November 4th, Mississippi State on 11 11. Mm. And uh, let's see here, Abilene Christian. Uh, I'll tell you what, he doesn't he doesn't make the last game of the season if they somehow toss it to Abilene Christian. I, I just they, they will walk his ass out at that point. And then they end <laughs> the year with LSU. I, so, I still think I still think that they get to uh, they're going to be ball eligible somehow, some way, they'll be ball eligible. Um, if I may, just real quick, I want to. I think uh, Bloody Guns had one. Uh, he, he had a coming. He's like, why did they even give him that contract extension? Hey, man, I've been saying that for the longest. I never yeah. understood the ten-year contract for him. I never understood the ten-year contract for Mel Tucker as well. I'm not trying yeah. to say that these guys don't deserve those type of contracts, but the fact that you lock in with a coach for ten years in this era. That's unheard of, man. It, it's it's too much happening in college football, yeah. and you have you get excuse me, you get stuck with now. Don't get me wrong, great developer um, at times can be a great coach, but you get stuck with guys with that Gundy mentality, which is I'm gonna do it my way instead of trying to adapt and be better uh, or, or or on a higher level. In my opinion, um, look at Dabo. You know, so I think these 10 year contracts are crazy because you're locking in, you're giving them these 90 million uh, dollar contracts. And at the end of the day, you're stuck with um, 77 or 76 million dollars for a buyout. I think Robert had another good one. He said Texas A&M buyout for Jimbo and staff, probably 150 uh, million. Uh, I mean, let's let's be real. I, I, I mean, that's that's the. That's what you have to account for and account for things like this. They haven't, they have the hype, they have the recruiting classes to bag up everything that they've done. They just don't have the production on the field to actually say that. And don't get me wrong, it's not like players are not going to the league out of there. But the fact of the matter is, is that you would think that the the, the winning ratio, winning cures everything. We wouldn't yeah. nearly hear, we wouldn't hear near as much as as we do about. Um, locker room stuff, a lot of in-house stuff that goes on in Texas a and if they were actually winning. Yeah, and 
I think Bingham brought it up, um, the NIL and character with it. Um, I, I, you know, I want to, to really, really focus on that one because, you know, there is something to that. And, and I'm going, I mean, I'm on the record uh, of making a comment that when, when Peyton Bowen flipped out the Oregon hat and said that I was, I stayed under control because mm-hmm. I heard people, I had some people telling me some other stuff, but I stayed under control on that one. And I just, I mean, tactically was like, guys, this is a big deal. You can't have, you know, guys like a, uh, you know, guys like a, uh, a Woody Washington on your team who has given everything for him, played through injuries. And, and then he walks in and a freshman's making a mill and, you know, flashing all of his other stuff. I think that the culture and the NIL is the way that you can do this correctly. And I don't think it's being done correctly down South in uh, college station. I think that 100%, it is an absolute, uh, it's an absolute uh, chaos factor. Just, just waiting to waiting to be had because, you know, if OU, some of the numbers been tossed around at like 60K per player at least, and that is just kind of like, this is what we are trying to shepherd in for you. And then if you want to come in, you can get your earn. So you can come on, you can do podcasts, you can do shows, you can do stuff like that, and you can get your own money. You can print T-shirts that half the world is going to think is hilarious and, you know, one-tenth yeah. of it is going to make fun of you. But with all that being said is – there, there's some shady stuff going on down there and we'll, we'll wrap it up with this, but um, you, you said it a hundred percent nailed the head. Um, winning cures everything. Mm-hmm. Cause I promise you, if we're sitting here at four and two this year, we're, we're, we're just as tight. We're just as uptight and you're just as worried about what's going on yeah. because that distraction is not something you need to add on to us going to the SEC, you know, not developing further along the uh, the facilities line, the NIL game, all that stuff. So you win, baby, win, and you know some of that stuff goes. When away. you so. the big biggest thing is, is is simply, I think that Texas A and M and the word plateaued are synonymous at this point. So yeah. we have to see if they can if they can somehow get that trajectory going back up of, as far as just kind of being even kill right now yeah 100 all right let's have some fun let's have us some fun notre dame usc um i'll start out by saying i thought that usc would probably put the final nail in that coffin of notre dame for the season now notre dame's not going to be playing for anything um you know worthy uh but i thought that there was at least going to be some some run being had by uh, by, by USC. I did not see. I did not see a loss. I didn't. I, I mean, I saw a tight game, and I saw USC giving up a ton of offense to a team that did more than struggle last week against Louisville. I mean, they got their asses handed to them by Louisville last year, last week. Yeah. So, um, I think that there needs to be a YouTube channel. And it just literally needs to be Caleb Williams' face during press conferences with Lincoln Riley after the game. Because <coughs> it is 100% an absolute amazing thing to, to behold is watching Caleb Williams. Bro, I'm developing an ankle injury that is just nagging if I'm Caleb Williams right now. There's no point in me being here anymore because it's like those those – those defensive players go into AM because you go in and you work your backside off and you do everything you can and you take care of your play. 
and then all of a sudden there's an 80-yard touchdown going down or your quarterback runs out there and he throws two picks, and it's just not worth it. That's why we couldn't get people here on our, uh, you know, to OU who were difference makers on the defensive side because it's <laughs> what's the point? I'm going to kill myself just for nothing. So uh, USC absolutely just um, just falls on their face. Mm-hmm. And um, Chris, give me your thoughts on this because man, it's uh, it, it, <clears throat> it, there's nothing but smiles on my face at this point. So let's just be honest. Uh, let's just be honest about this right here. It felt like I was watching watching Lincoln Raleigh coach Oklahoma against a um, more talented um, K State, against a more talented <laughs> Iowa State, against a more talented. Yeah, pretty much. I think I, I hit it on the head. Coming into the game, I thought that. Okay, Caleb's going to have some success, but I think that they're just going to be too physical for them up front and especially in the trenches. Um, in my earnest opinion, whenever uh, – well, with well, my earnest observation, I remember I was in uh, one of the chats the other, uh, last night and um, I was messaging back and forth with the fellas. Shout out to Nick again, Nino's Corner. Uh, so I told Nick, I said, hey, man, the good thing about this is that Lincoln has been here before. This is the same game as the uh, Texas Tech game during the Kyler Murray year. Kyler Murray goes out there, throws two bad picks, puts us in a bad position. We're down by 14, uh, by two scores, come back, win the game by two scores, right? So then all of a sudden, as soon as I'm finished texting that, Caleb throws a third interception. I say bump all that noise that I just spewed out because that is not what's happening tonight. Um, It was one of those games where Caleb finally got caught um, uh, with some of the stuff that he was doing. It wasn't him not being able to read the defenses or whatnot. He was just, I'm better than you. I'm better than your guys. I'm going to make a play down the field. I'm going to force it a little bit. And he got caught. That was all that happened. These guys were playing a zone defense. You could see the zones and all the rest of the stuff. Nothing really confused him out there. It was just the fact that he was throwing um, – some back foot throws, right? Some off. <laughs> he, he's floating to the left like he's done. I mean, yeah. you saw it happen. You saw him do it and be successful against uh, Colorado. It's probably one of the games that stands out in your mind, at least yeah. for this season. He's making those passes, hitting them right on key. Fact of the matter is, it wasn't necessarily on the defense this uh, this <clears throat> this time around. It was actually on Caleb for putting them out there in those short yardage situations. Let's be real. As much as we want to talk about Alex Grinch and that problem, which it is a problem. The fact of the matter is, is simply this right here, okay? Notre Dame, Notre Dame has, now don't get me wrong, I'm not going to say that they're they're the equivalent of an SEC defense or anything like that, but they have some big boys up front, okay, yeah. on defense. They have some big boys up front on that offensive line as well. So when you're putting your, when you're putting your defense on, the, on their 20-yard line, their 30-yard line, things like that, and you're putting them on their 10-yard line, and you're coming out there with those 260, 280-pound defensive tackles and defensive ends, 240-pound defensive ends, it's not going to work out that great, okay? So thing about it is, is that they still have a lot of football ahead of them, and we all know, look, as much as we want to sit here and crap on Riley, Riley's a good coach, okay, really good coach. Maybe they figure out, maybe they don't, but there does need to be some type of change. I watched Greg McElroy – uh, McElroy, how do you say his name? Well, I watched his podcast today, and he was like, I think they need to change up the way that they practice. Got to. Tackling different yeah. things like that, they need to change up the way that they practice. He said there is a problem with the way that they practice. So 
I don't know, man. I, I I thought it was a great win for Marcus Freeman, though. I think that that's something that's kind of going under the sun. I think Marcus Freeman has had a great year, too. Um, I, I don't think he's quite met the expectations that a lot of people have for him, especially in this year. But at the same time, being five, what are they, five and two now? Five and two, six and two? It'd be five. Let's go with five. Let's go with five and two because they had yeah, that week zero game. Yeah. Either way, I would just say, man, it's it's still um, they they've done really well for them, and, and I think Sam Hartman has had a lot of success. Um, one last thing I would say is this right here: if you're USC, you're kicking yourself. Why? Not because of, <laughs> Riley said the defense played really well last night. No, he didn't. Fact of the matter is that coming into that game, Notre Dame can't move the ball anymore. First wow. few weeks, uh, Sam Hartman was Heisman Central. That guy right there looked like clear-cut Heisman favorite. And this could have been yeah. his Heisman moment. Last few weeks, they have been, they've had a lot of lingering issues on the offensive side of the ball. And I don't know because they're pretty damn good offensively. But I'll close it by just saying this right here for myself. Hey, I, I just think you at USC, you're kicking yourself because you gave them their, their opportunities. It was only what? The 80 yard kick return and then um um that 46 yard bomb that he threw to uh gosh, I, I keep forgetting the kid. I know it's the kid who uh switched from running back to slot receiver, but was it I, Rice? I think it's Chris, Chris Tyree or something like that. Oh ty- yeah, Tyree. Yeah, either way, I mean, those were really the two big plays. Every other thing, every other off, you know, score that they got was really off of just the turnovers in good field position. They couldn't move the ball. And- uh, I'll bring up this comment from Mutt because um, I don't know if you, when you saw that video, that was more ridiculous than the, uh, than the yell leaders. And I just, I mean, I thought what in the, you know, water boys going on here where they had the, uh, the guys return the punts and somebody had like the, uh, the roundup spraying them with the roundup can. Um, I mean, it was just a, listen, it's, you got Dion who's doing some stuff that is not exactly, um, you know, uh, what you normally see. It's a, a little off the beaten path. At, I mean, at this point, if that video hits the internet, I mean, you just got to, I mean, you got to do something. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe Lincoln Riley needs to go kill a man or something like that to get the focus off of his, uh, off, off the coaching stat- tactics, because it just, it looks ridiculous at this point. And it's an all around thing. And, you know, Jay, you know, text me during the game and I said, hey, listen, you know that that quarterback, you, we saw it here for several years. You're not going to be able to um, you're not going to be able to mask that that uh, that eyesore of a defense, uh, you know, every single game. Eventually it's going to catch up to you. This reminded me of the, the Baylor game. And I just man, it was just it, it's just it's just hard to watch. Um some of the stuff that's going on, because again, it's, it's at this point, I think I'm personally to a spot where I can go, listen, I'm done. Like, you know, we, I'm, I'm done with the Lincoln Riley stuff. Um, but it's just a, it's a continual content. Uh, as uh, cousin Eddie said, it's the gift that keeps on giving all year long. Yeah. So we'll see what happens here. Um, I also saw somebody posted a tweet, like uh, USC's playing, like the coach was leaving in the morning for an interview. And uh, I mean, that's what it looks like. It, it looks like an absolute, just absolute joke. So um, 
you know, wrapping up, uh, you know, we'll, we'll kind of save this. Oh. If you guys have any thoughts or any games that you wanted, you know, uh, wanted anything on, let Ooh. us know. Um, cool, cool, cool. You can't let that man Raleigh. You can't let him live with that that press conference that he had. Are you serious? Oh, he said what Lincoln said. He said I've been a, I've coached teams that, that lost the game. He said he lost had lost that lost the game of the year. We still you know we still end up winning a championship or some basically some sort of situation. What he said conference but championship. The part, yeah, yeah. The part that killed me was whatever he said, and he said in one of those teams. We lost. It was uh, one call away from, from going back to the yeah. championship. <laughs> the irony of that situation—it's <laughs> crazy. I man. mean, I just—does he believe what he's saying? That's what I want to know. Or does he? Does he know that like he's got his uh, you know on camera personality um, that he has to keep up, and then behind closed doors, is he just going like? You know, Mark Davis, can you give me a call? I'm, I'm ready to, you know, live in Vegas. You know, I, I don't know what's going on. It looks like an absolute just nightmare. And um, if, you know, I think we looked at it uh, the last week, but if you take a look at some of the lower, um, you know, some of the people who are leading for the Caleb Williams tankathon, um, you know, all the worst teams right now have good quarterbacks outside of Denver. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I promise you, Sean Payton, would love to love to see that happen. So, uh, but yeah, when Lincoln Riley goes in front of the press conference, uh, if you listen to anything he says, you know, he don't believe it. God don't believe it. Nobody believes what Lincoln Riley is saying. And everybody, I, I just don't understand, man. I, if, if there's anybody, Seth, anybody out there who knows what the, uh, the newspapers are saying and what the local areas are saying, because, you know, they still believe that they're a championship winning team. And I don't, I mean, that is called a, a lack of uh, self-identity. Like self awareness. If if you still think that you're a, a national championship or any type of a championship team, you have not been looking at uh, yourself with uh, with um, you know very very even keel eyes. You are you are believing your own press clipping. So uh, it, it's just it's just a bad situation, and you're now seeing everybody on the USC Twitter, USC major, uh, message boards, and everybody's like, oh. Well, damn, I think the OU fans were trying to tell us the truth. And they're coming around, all 11 of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, again, at this point, they're probably, I mean, a lot of OU, OU, a lot of USC fans and Fairweather fans are probably thinking one thing. And the waves look pretty good right now. I think we're going to head down to the beach. And they can quit thinking about football and they can just get off and, and go do that. Um, and yeah, and I do see it. The fact that the biggest slap in the face started before that game with Notre Dame being a favorite to win that that just that just told you everything you need to know. Because again, I, I think that uh, you know that offense couldn't couldn't like you said couldn't move the ball at all, uh, even a little bit, and it looked bad. And a lot of mistakes happened, and that's how that game was. I mean, Notre Dame had no chance to offensively score that many points. Um, just pure on their offense. They needed some help to do that. And, uh, you know, we'll see. They'll, it'll come back uh, the next week. I don't know what the next game is off the top of my head, but, you know, they'll go out and they'll throw another uh, another big if, – if they have another embarrassment, Utah. expect it. Utah is at Utah. home next week. Yeah, they got Utah okay. uh, um, at home next week. So it's – if it's two in a row, Caleb Williams is going to have a nagging ankle injury going forward. 
<laughs> I, Leonard I just, Fournette. <laughs> starting to feel it. Starting to, yeah, Leonard Fournette, 100%. Um, all right. Uh, I- I- any other games? Uh, you know, we had Oklahoma State, and, uh, um, you know, they look like they've got some stuff. Uh, I think the hottest team in the Big 12 behind uh, what you see from Oklahoma and Texas right now is Iowa State. Do you have any uh, in- any any words on anything that happened just freshly in the Big 12 this week? So a couple of things. Were, I mean, well, one thing I'll say right here is that um, I expected Oklahoma State to play better football. Um They've uh, who was it? Iowa State. They, they they lost to them, and then bye week, and then they had was then when they on a bye week, and then they had Kansas this week, or didn't they played somebody? No, they played K State. Didn't expect them to beat K State. K State. So it's a couple of things. It's quarterback central, basically for me. One, I don't know what the hell is going on with Jalen Daniels. I would not be surprised if he came out there and played against us. But from I mean, I've heard, I've heard some faint faint rumors. Please. Do not quote me on this. I do not know if it's true or not. But I heard some faint rumors that he may be done for the year. Yeah. So, I mean, I, 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 yeah. Uh, so, I, I, I do know that he um, was, was it the Texas game that he was cleared to play and then he didn't want to? Uh-huh. And now he hasn't, he hasn't, you know, come back out since then. So, um, uh, I mean, just for me, just from a, a be a man, say it with your chest kind of mentality, mm-hmm. you don't wear what you wore out there to Big 12 media days with the watch of your own highlights out there to, you know, need a backyotomy for the whole year. Like, yeah. I just don't understand that. Uh, and now, if he's genuinely hurt, um, that's, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, right now, I mean, Kansas is now five and two and two and two in the Big 12. And, he could be easily the difference between uh, them and a, you know, maybe a big 12 championship appearance. Yeah, and I, so I it just, it does bother me. I don't think that O'State state wins it, that it, game. It, if he's playing and, and Hey, you know what, to be honest with you, I know we're, we're giving him spotlight. Shout out to Jason Bean, man, Jason Bean. Yeah. Um, unless if, if, if Jalen Daniels comes back next, uh, next year, Jason, Jason Bean needs to go somewhere else. He's a starter. I, I think that he's a, yeah. he's a starter. And I think he's a starter at some power five, uh, it, 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 it was some power five teams. I think it has to be the right scenario, but I think he's a starter as well. Um, the next one that I would say is that uh, my aunt called me and told me that uh, I didn't watch the game, but did K-State make a quarterback change? Yeah, um, they got the uh, – he's the number one dual threat quarterback uh, a few years back, and dude looked pretty salty. He looked uh-huh. pretty salty. Uh, w- you know, Will Howard – you see this a lot with, with um, you know, I'll call it the Matt Castle, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo effect where you can come in and take over for somebody else and you look lights out and then you go to a different team and we never see it again. And, uh, you know, Will Howard looked like that, you know, when he, he looked like dog crap two years ago. Last year he comes in uh, when Adrian Martinez gets hurt and all of a sudden he looks like a completely different quarterback. Uh, this year, he has yet to look anything like he did last year. Mm-hmm. Does a little deuce, deuce not being there? Uh, does uh, what was the uh, what was the uh, the big wide receiver that they had last year too? I uh, can't remember off the top of my head, but um, you know him not being there. Does that does that hurt? I, you know, I'm not quite sure, but he, um, he. I don't know if he's got a nagging ankle injury. But it was time to show somebody out there, and they throw the kid out there. And I mean, this, this, 
he's he's going to be something good. That he, he that will. that Iowa State team. This is the thing, thing I'll say about this. Two two things. First off, I think they found their quarterback. I do. Yeah, I like that kid. Second off, yeah. Um, a second thing, and this is the last thing. We can go and move to OU topics. Matt Campbell's a damn good coach, man. Matt Campbell's yeah. a damn good coach, and he has. Uh, he surrounded himself with da- with damn good coaches. Let's just be honest with you. They're a solid, solid, gritty team. Um, obviously, there are things that you can take away, but um, you know, I-, I think that for Texas fans out there, if you're listening, I think this is a game um, that you mark on your calendar because this is one of those games right here that, just like us, don't get me wrong, because we're we're you know we got to get past the. For me, I think that we win this game this this week. Um, we beat, we go on the road, take care of our business up there in Kansas, take care of our business in Stillwater, I think is kind of smooth selling the rest of the way. I think, I think West Virginia just there, West Virginia plays like they know they're going to lose the game. Like they, they play so close to the, to, to the hat, you know, to the brim. But basically I think, um, you know, for Texas fans, this is a game that you should, this should be on your radar, especially going down there. Uh, going up there in the cold weather and all the rest of that stuff. Matt Campbell will have a good game plan, so we'll see. But, I mean, they've had success against Iowa State just as much as we have. You know, they played them some really tight games, though, but haven't we all, right? So, yeah, no, I mean, hats off to what Iowa State is doing, man. It's just, hey, these next three weeks are going to tell it all. These next three weeks are crucial, not only for OU, but for a lot of teams in the Big 12, especially those teams trying to play catch-up to what OU and Texas have done thus far. 100%. And Iowa State right now is right behind us at 3-1 and one in the conference. So they are number two uh-huh. in the conference right now. And yeah. I promise you, there's nobody I know of, heard of, or even heard of that heard of that would have taken a bet that they would be number two, you know, four weeks later after the season started. And so, I mean, they control their destiny. They're going to continue to go. And, um, you know, it, it, it's it's – if we do a rematch against Iowa State, um, you know that would be that would be an absolute damning uh, conversation for several teams that are that don't reside in uh, Ames or Norman. Because I mean, yeah, Oklahoma State and Iowa State. I know that I personally said that these may be two of the worst teams, um, two of the worst teams in the Big Twelve at one point this year, and now they're number two and number three. Uh, mm-hmm. And then Texas is there. So that's it's crazy that, you know, we're seeing people on Twitter talk about how Texas jumped a spot this week. You're fourth in your conference, guys. Uh, what, what are we doing about that? So um, but K-State's two and one. West Virginia's two and one. Kansas two and two. Uh, you got Cincinnati and UCF bringing up the basement. So let's talk UCF. Um, you know, they come to Norman. There, There's plenty of smoke, plenty of heat to be had. It's. At this point, the culture and everything around the locker room is is going to be what drives this team in a different manner than what we've seen in the past. It is an absolute like because again, you coming off of Texas, you had the bye week, you're hearing some stuff around, you know, Danny with the t-shirt. Uh, a lot of people are starting to go, oh, maybe Brent Venables was the guy for the job. And so uh, give me your thoughts here. What do you think uh, the focus was during the bye week for Oklahoma? Um, what, what are your, your initial takes here? It looks like it's about a 20-point line for the weekend. Um, it's 11 a.m. ABC. Uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts for UCF? 
I think that uh, I, I really believe that the the focus has been okay. Let's let's get back to us. Let's get healthy. Let's give these players a break. Let's come back this week uh, and really like we watched the film from the Texas game. We've watched the film uh, on them. Let's go back and let's start installing. But I think the focus has and will be um, not getting caught up with all of the 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 gadget plays and, and the dress up game pretty much all the pre-snap motions different things like this people if you don't know then you should know and you really should realize that this is a Gus, Gus Malzahn team which means there's going to be a lot of moving parts there's going to be a lot of um uh misdirection plays a lot of jet sweeps a lot of different things that you're going to say like damn is they are they really doing that they like to throw the ball just as much as anybody else but they also like to uh try to give you a cute a, a cheap look uh first and then they they i mean they come on man go back to auburn and see the things that they were doing with schwartz and all the rest now they had to because quarterback play really kind of dwindled down the line that was kind of to me one of the things the catalyst for Gus Malzahn's exit from Auburn um they're gonna have good talent as well you know don't get caught up in the fact that you know Kansas had 399 yards against them on the ground and all the rest of this but this is yet again uh, another really good game for us and we haven't got caught up with the eye candy and all of that um to me the biggest thing and the best takeaway that you can have from this game is that one is another is is a win. Two, nobody got injured, and then three, the biggest thing is is that you're mature enough to handle the moment. I know that we talk yeah. uh, that uh, Dion talked about that an awful lot, but the fact of the matter is, if you're able to handle this moment, meaning that you're able to go out there after a historic win, a really good win, or or legacy drive, whatever the case may be, however you want to characterize that Texas win. Um, that's the biggest thing. I want to see maturity. That tells me that you're you take your chances of making the CFP, uh, the college football playoffs, and making some noise. That that shows me that you take it seriously. Fact of the matter is, is that now the expectations are not just being undefeated going into the Red River uh, Red River rivalry game. The expectations are now to go uh to go undefeated the rest of the way. So. You have to take it step by step, game by game. You have to go out there and do what you need to do. But I definitely think that the film has been don't get caught up in this right here because they're going to give you a lot of eye candy. It's going to be similar to OU playing Nebraska, to be honest with you, and that Scott Frost system, just being able to handle all the little eye candy stuff or whatnot. But I really do think we're going to be – I have a a dominant day against them. My question before I hand the mic mic off to you is, has anybody in the chat, Coop, have you – has anybody heard if Rice Plumley is playing that game? Not that he causes me concern, but I just would like to know what, what's going on with him. Uh, have not heard anything yet. Um, uh, you know, to be honest with you, I don't know. I don't know if it makes a difference. Um, you know, as I'm looking through here, um, you know, one of the big things is, you know, UCF is ranked number one in yards per game in the Big 12. Uh, they've got us by 10.7 yards, um, mm-hmm. but they are also ranked, um, I believe, number nine in defense. So they, they've got the offense. They're going to go out there. They're going to run the ball, and then the defense is going to be a sieve. Um, that's how it's going to be. So if, if, if Plumlee does come back out, you, you got one of these, uh, are you, if you're saying that he's gone, he's not playing, um, 
and it's the backup guy. Uh, you know, I, I just I feel like Reese Pumley is the guy who likes to give the ball away, and we've got some folks that would acquiesce his request if he if he is playing. But I think that it's going to be the other side. It's going to be um, whoever is out there. I, I think that the defense knows that um, they gave up thirty points, and they want to they want to try to go out and shut out somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. I think another focus, honestly, has been on the wide receiver room. Let's let's just yeah. be real. You know, Andre Anthony is a. I love the way that I love the way that Teddy put it uh, uh, on um, on the Oklahoma breakdown is that. It's a big loss, but not in the way that you feel like, hey, my offense goes directly through him. No, it goes to a lot yeah. of different guys. Um, having that speedster, a true speedster out there on the field, that's what you're wanting. Now, let's let's not let, let's not get, get it twisted. Jaden Gibson has speed. I don't know if he has the Andre Anthony speed, yeah. but the thing is, is that now him, Freeman, um, um, Petaway and then Brendan Thompson, those are guys that you would like to see step up. Yeah. Hell, if you could, you would like to see Buckley Shelton, JJ Hester. We forget about guys like that. You have the go ahead, Coop, the competitive depth. But the Uh-oh. thing is, is that you have to you have to go ahead and, and just see it come to fruition. So I think that's something else. But to be honest with you, I think nobody in the chat, nobody, and nobody on this panel right now would disagree in this right here. Emma Jones already deserves a raise. Oh yeah, no, it's Emma Jones has more uh, has done more as a head coach in the what are we at like nine ten months since he's been here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, then uh, it, it's just absolutely nuts. So, um, hey guys, if you're asking where Jay is, uh, he was voted off the island. He didn't get a rose, and so um, he is going to uh, go try out as a kicker for Oklahoma now. So. <laughs> No, just kidding. He is in Vegas this week, so uh, I got Chris with horns down. So if you are just joining us, uh, don't forget hit that like, hit the subscribe. If you guys are listening afterwards, I appreciate it. It's Coop uh, leading his here on a Sunday, October fifteenth, um, coming off the bye week. Now we got game week again. So, um, but yes, uh, when you're talking about the wide receiver room, um, you you saw an absolute, you saw an absolute. Um, you know, take over the past couple of weeks from Farouk. And as you know, right before that, it was starting to feel that, you know, maybe he wasn't a guy, maybe he was just a guy, um, you know, so it was one, uh, you know, you know, one thing to hear about the Andrew Anthony stuff, because I, I hate it for him because he would, you know, we'll talk about it shortly here in the, in a minute, but it was a, a lean towards him probably being on the all big 12 list. Mm. Um, you know, he was one of the better receivers. So, um, but is it a damning loss? You know, is it something that is going to be really, really, really bad? Because I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't think so. Um, you get a chance to get, um, you know, to get uh, Nick Anderson, some more looks, you get a chance to get Jaden Gibson, some more looks, you get a chance for, um, a Jaquiz Pedaway and a Brennan Thompson, because uh, Brennan Thompson didn't see the field against Texas. Uh, he didn't do anything. He had no stat line. And um, Anthony, you know, it, it sucks because he got hurt on an effort play. And I think Teddy, you know, said something about it, too. I had to listen. I don't know if you if you got that. Uh, they, they used my call your shot on the uh, on the first interception. And uh, it was pretty cool because Jason, it's me. And I, I, I was cracking up laughing because uh, I thought, man, maybe I went too deep on that. But anyway, um, 
But yeah, this during the off uh, off week, you got to think that that wide receiver rotation, the offensive line rotation, and uh, hope to God, special teams were, were things that were getting worked on. Um, you know, special teams we have seen special teams bite us in the ass um, here here recently. And, um, I, I, you know, again, kind of like we talked about the defensive line at the beginning of the season, you don't need it to be excellent. You just need it to not hurt you. Yeah. And that's what we're looking for out of special teams. Yeah, man. You just say, Hey, <laughs> come on, man. Look, I, I, it feels like R.A. Dickey is back there and, uh, punting for us, uh, kicking knuckleballs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, what are we doing? <laughs> there was a point at the game. Uh, did you go to the game? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you do you remember that it was like I think it was like the third or fourth time that we had a punt, and um, and uh, when he finally kicked the good one, everybody started clapping. Yeah, everybody, <laughs> everybody clapped like uh, nobody know, said anything. It, they just clapped. When you watched a uh, when you watch a bad offense get a first down, and everybody does the like sarcastic like. Yeah, you know, that's uh, that that kind of cracks me up. So uh, but yeah, no, I mean, we got to see we got to see something from the running back room, too, because, uh, um, you know, somebody brought it up uh, earlier. Kansas ran for three hundred ninety nine yards against UCF. Um, I do not think that our offense is going to have an issue. I would say if I'm DG, I am trying to go out and just be who I am. And you don't need to prove it. You've already done it. You've already proved it. So what do you do if you're Dylan? Do you go out there? Um, you know, do you, do you, do you really, really press? Uh, they know what they lost in, in, in you as a quarterback. So I, I am absolutely, uh, absolutely excited for, for, for this game. Uh, you got to think that the rest of the offensive line and probably, I mean, the offensive side of the ball and probably some of the people on the defensive side of the ball want, Dylan Gabriel to uh, to go out and really put a stomp on his former team, especially since they've got some uh, they've been putting his name in their mouth uh, quite a bit here. And so um, you want to see yourself get better. It, it is a one week mentality. Um, you know, try to get out here, like you said, with a win. Uh, try to get out here with no more injuries. And uh, we, we, we got to see that happen. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a um, pretty good uh, game early on. Um, I, I just think that we're going to get in a rhythm, man. My hope is that by halftime, this game is over. That way we can kind of go ahead and start game planning and focusing on that, on that Kansas trip next, uh, uh, that next week, man. It's just all about getting past to, to me. I think it's all about getting past those two games and then you come home and you have, I mean, you know, let's just be honest with you. You got a game of Stillwater. That's, you know, they're going to have emotion. Us is just going to be kill, 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 kill mentality. Yeah. And I think you get past those three games right there. You're looking at West Virginia, BYU, and uh, West Virginia at home, BYU on the road, and um, TCU. And TCU. TCU so game, I think you get through those games, right? These three games right here, you're 9 and 0 three weeks uh, from now. And you're looking pretty damn, you know, confident yeah. about about what you could do. But it's just, hey, one and no mentality. Yeah, the um, the the goal of the rest of the season is get better, improve yourself, you know, minimize injuries. Because as soon as we get to the, uh, to, you know, you get to a point to where we are playing TCU, still unblemished, uh, with everything out in front of you. You just absolutely have a different game on your hands because that that's when you start thinking, um, you know, this isn't going to be like 2000. It's not going to be like, um, you know, 17, 18, 19. It's not going to be like any of that. 
Um, but yeah, I just, I just hundred percent, um, you know, just want to, want to really say, um, you've got, you've got completely new everything because you're bringing two compliment, you complimentary football is really what I'm trying to say. Complimentary football. It's an absolute necessity. Mm -hmm. Uh, do you want to give a shout out here, JC? Thanks for the uh, contribution. We appreciate that. Uh, so, uh, says, I know that Andrell Anthony is out for the season. Um, but he wins the Emma Jones award for being the best wide receiver. He was so good. They had stopped uh, scheming for fruit for him. Yeah. And I, I believe so. When you have, um, a lot of talent on wide receiver and, um, it's sometimes it, it's hard to really pick your poison. And I think that we were getting to the spot that it was, Hey, it's time to pick the poison. Um, you know, t tell me, uh, tell me what you think uh, about JC Lamb uh, and his uh, comment here. Do you think that uh, his productivity really did allow Farouk to break out, or do you think that we'll see uh, another um, instance of this with somebody else coming in and showing out? Yeah, no, I think Andre Anthony took one side of the field and made you actually game plan. You know, we heard coaches talk about that where, you know, <laughs> it, 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 I'm sorry, it made me think of when, when Steven from Fanatic Perspective was trying to say, yeah, I had Marvin Mills last year, but the knock on OU is that you didn't have to game plan for anybody else. Maybe look, do a couple of things for him, but other than that, nobody else. But you had to because of that that top end speed. But it's not just for Emmett Jones, it's for Lebby as well. Lebby had yet again another guy that could take off the roof. And the thing yeah. is, is that 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 VNS, that very shoot offense or whatnot, that's what it needs, man. Um, you know, it, you wouldn't mind right now seeing the uh the Coleman's, the KC Cannons, the uh, you know, those type of guys with that type of speed. And I think that's what's happening with this 2024 and going dipping in a little bit into the 25 class as well, as far as what you're going to be seeing. And I think that that really helps this offense and he made this offense look even better than what it was. So I'm hopeful that we can um, fill that void going from there. But Hey, thing is, I keep saying this right here, man. If y'all want to see, if y'all want to see what the potential of what Farouk can surpass Go back and watch, just type in his name, Dontario Drummond from Old Miss. When Levy was there, Levy and Kiffin had yeah. a game plan for that guy. That guy was used in all the same ways that Farouk is being used now. I mean, he wasn't a wide receiver. He was a weapon. So I think Farouk is still just scratched the surface. And one thing I'll say this about uh, Andrew Anthony, I truly believe this was a great comment from, uh, uh, from BV, and I think that he meant, meant, meant it as well. Best football is still ahead of Andre Anthony. He's still young. That's yeah. the crazy thing. He's still young. Yeah. And with those ACLs, if everything heals correctly, those are pretty much like high ankle sprains now. They're just longer high ankle sprains that you have to deal with. So my hope is that we'll have him back ready for fall camp. They'll probably take it yeah. slow first few games. But then at some point, I'd like to see those, uh, you know, kind of, you know, let's take the training wheels right. off. And let's get him yeah. back. Yeah. So uh, going with that, uh, I, I want to jump in here. Um, you know, I want to jump in here and let's get uh, at this point halfway through the season. Um, let's give a, a B C D. You can do plus and minuses if you want for each position, um, and we'll wrap it up here pretty quickly. I know you guys have uh, stuff to do, lives to live, so we appreciate you hopping in here. If you're checking us out, Jay 
is on assignment uh, this week. I, I thought of coming up with a, a Boomer 129 variation of just things that Jay was doing, and um, but uh, but I'm not that intelligent, and I I already get uh, sidetracked well enough. So um, hit that like, hit the subscribe, uh, do it because uh, I asked you nicely. So uh, quarterback. What is your grade for quarterback this year? And I've got mine written down right here. So uh, what what is your quarterback grade for this year? B plus. B plus. I think, I think there's still some things. That Cincinnati game kind of was like, what the hell? You know, SMU and Cincinnati. Now, I know SMU is kind of a different story. We talked about that at, at length. But I would say yeah. – for me right now, B plus, B plus. Okay. I said, I said a, because um, I think that I think it with Dylan, um, you know, you, you can't look like, uh, you know, uh, Joe Montana or Tom Brady, every single game, mm-hmm. um, a, a minus anybody want to do that? Uh, obviously uh, he's written his name in sooner or lower with the, uh, the final drive. You haven't seen Dylan just, uh, you know, I almost don't even want to say it out loud. You haven't seen a lot of the stuff that you saw last year. And uh, you also got to throw in some Jackson Arnold stuff back there. Um, we, you know, he, he looks, he looks like he's going to be it. Um, and it's going to be exciting. And so, uh, yeah, so I'm going with an A. Got to see uh, him continue to do it. Um, stay within himself. I think that Dylan Gabriel, the moment that he thinks that he's Caleb Williams, or he thinks that he is, uh, uh, you know, somebody he isn't, that's that's when he uh, can hurt you or hurt himself is when he thinks uh, just be who you are, Dylan, continue it out. Um, it, it, you know, and you go in even with the fact of he has done everything for any scrutiny that he's gotten from us, Oklahoma fans, you know, it, it, it's starting to kind of make me go, man, I, I just realized that we've been hard on this guy because he has handled himself the way that you're supposed to, the way that you want your quarterback to. Uh, donating to charity, taking his teammates out, like really investing in his offensive line, his wide receivers. Um, you know, that's stuff that you want to see out of quarterback. Uh, so, yeah, I, I do want to say um, whether you got it an A minus, an A, um, you know, if it's anything under that, uh, anything under a B, um, I think you're biased. If it's anything over an A, um, I think that you're, you're, you're going crazy. So uh, anything else to add on uh, the quarterback spot? Mm-mm. Let's keep moving. All right. Running back. Running back has been a C minus C, like a solid C thus far. Um, we've stayed on schedule. We just haven't. We just haven't had that explosive running back that we're used to. Um, it'd be nice to have it here and there. Now you know, it would love. I would love to have a consistent. We, we have a consistently good to decent ratio of 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 running back. There are times where. Obviously, I mean, look, Marcus Majors, as much as I think a lot of people do like the kid and root for the kid, the kid just he has a knack for finding not the hole, but but the defense alignment. Right. Um, Tawi, I think Tawi has been our best back uh, thus far coming in the season. I did not think that could be a that would add to a to success for OU, but it has. And he's been durable. Um, I think that, you know, Tawi is. To me, you know who Tawi reminds me of? He's kind of like a he's kind of like a he's like a better version of Chris Brown to me. If 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 yeah. you guys remember him. I could I yeah. could I think that's a good comp for him. But um 
to me, um, I'm still I'm still waiting, man. I, I think that there is a third back in that room that can emerge. Um, contrary to belief, Sawchuck has been on the field an awful lot. He has been on the field the past two games. He's been on the yeah. field an awful lot. So you want to see him get more active and you want to see if he can kind of strike up that magic that he had in that Florida State game and be consistent with it as well to be a feature back. So for me, I say a C. Yeah, I got a C dead on with a C. Um, again, until someone takes the job from Tawi, he needs to be it. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that you're hearing it out of Brent's, uh, Brent's uh, words in his press conferences that he needs somebody to step up and take that. Uh, you know, Tawi, uh, I thought Kiwan Jones. Um, so Kiwan Jones, Chris Brown, you know, more compact, Alan Patrick. You know, you look back and those guys all have special um, – all, all, the, all those guys had special, special times. Uh, they also had, you know, they also were complimentary guys at some point. So um, yeah, Chris Brown was, was phenomenal and hopefully his life is back up and going. I know that he was having some trouble uh, here before uh, here recently, but um, yeah, see, I'm going to leave it there. Uh, hopefully we, I don't even think that we need an A out of the running backs in the second half of the season. I think that we just need it to be, you know, an argument argument for a is it a is it a B minus or a B plus? So, mm-hmm. um, wide receivers, uh, wide receivers. I would say, I would say it's, it's been an A. I would say about a, really like you know I, I'm 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 kind of downplaying a little bit, but I would say like an A minus. I would say for them because they've been been a pleasant surprise this year thus far with that group of how they've some guys have grown, some guys have stepped up in positions or whatnot. You've heard about it all throughout practice, how crazy um, Nick Anderson goes, how crazy Jaden yeah. Gibson can be. But now to see it on the big stage when that popcorn smell is going around, I give him an A minus. Yeah, uh, I go with an A. Um, I, I think that they have it, – it's got to be hard for the wide receivers to to be out there and be blocking their ass off and the ball never even get to them because guys are tripping in the backfield, guys are taking the wrong hole. Uh, and I think that um, from just a, a total aspect, uh, you know, this is uh, – the running back was supposed to be one of the biggest strengths we had going in the season and wide receiver was supposed to be one of the biggest weaknesses and it's it's vice versa. So uh, continue to see, you know, again, Andre Anthony being gone. Um, let's see who who shows up. You know, sometimes uh, people, you know, from 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 a Jaquez Petaway, a Brandon Thompson, uh, Jaden Gibson, Nick Anderson. This is their time to to really take a, a forward jump for those guys. Do something with your opportunity. And it is an opportunity. So hopefully uh, we see one of those guys step up. And uh, maybe we get something better. A lot of uh, all pros and a lot of really good players have needed an injury in front of them to become somebody, a.k.a. Tom Brady. So um, I don't even know. Let's lump in the tight end with the offensive line because I don't think that uh, um, just talking about the tight end at all is is constructive. Uh, But just lump them in with the offensive line. Um, as far as the offensive line, I think I think that you've seen a uh, it's a C plus. I'm being very critical right now. I think it's a C plus simply because um, <clears throat> some of the nastiness that you saw, you saw the potential of that offensive line, especially when Caden Green came in uh, to the game um, uh, against Texas. You saw how good they can be, 
And yeah. let's be honest, they created those holes that Dylan was able to get through and all the rest of that stuff. They created a lot. They had a lot to do with that. So you've seen midseason, you've seen the potential that they have. They just haven't been consistent enough for me through six games to get there. But then again, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that still go with that. Um, there's guys that are open and there have been some holes there. Just it's, it's a collective effort. So, I mean, kind of one of the things for me with the offensive line, you have they have to help you, but you also have to help them as well. If, you, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah, I go with a B minus for the offensive line. I think from the pass protection standpoint, it has been beautiful. I mean, it, it is not an you know, you have not seen um, outside of the Savion Bird one. And, you know, that one was what it is like there. You just don't see that. Um, I think that they rose to the challenge against Texas. Their run blocking has been iffy. Um, but again, who's, whose fault is this? It is that the amount of schemes that we were throwing out there is just tough. As far as the tight end, I think that Stogner was used a little bit more in the Texas game. It seems like they had some more stuff schemed up for him. And I think that uh, not much is being asked of that crew. So that's why I just kind of do it not available on them. So uh, all right, let's go D D line. Um, it, it, Chris, if you want to, you can give uh, D tackles, D ends a different grade if you want, or if you think it's about the same thing, go for oh, it. No, it's the same thing. I mean, it's the A across the board, man. They've done what they needed to do. They've been disruptive and they've made teams um, get out of their comfort zone. When you could force, um, uh, and I don't care what anybody says, especially Texas fans about SMU or whatever the case may be. When you force Texas, uh, when you force SMU not to run anything that they <laughs> they want to run, they having to get into that quick game. When you're forcing, because you know, like I said last week on my show, um, that defensive line, D tackles, D ends, whatever you want to say, and, and and our linebackers, you include them all in that front seven, right? Um, when, when you can force teams, when, when you could basically say that the, the, the later half of your season, the next six games, not Texas, the next six games, you're going to have to basically get ready to go back to teams um, trying to get the ball out of their hands within two seconds of snapping the ball. You're already forcing them into a box they yeah. don't want to be in anyways. So for me, I think we, we've seen it from a lot. We've seen flashes from the young guys to some of the more savvy vets, man. I think the best football is still ahead of Bothroyd. I think Ethan Downs is starting to uh, come on. And I think that, um, I think Trace Ford, this is where, where I know me and my uncle personally, we both talked about it. Can we have a healthy Trace Ford for the rest of the season? Can we get to midseason and Trace Ford's not out with injuries? Because I think he's a guy that's going to um, wear and tear on you. Because now, yeah. again, that competitive depth, it's really showing with that defensive line, man, and they they are playing lights out right now. Yeah, it's um, it, 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 we talked about the defensive line. Don't don't be a weakness. Um, there now, listen. I, I think that when when most of us look at the defensive line, you look at it from an aspect of how well are you sacking the quarterback. Um, but I will say this is over the past two three games. This defensive line has caused absolutely. You saw with the SMU, like you just said, Chris. You saw the defensive line is is causing you to do something different. You have a game plan. Your game plan goes to hell because these guys are back there all the time. Ethan Downs. I don't know if somebody 
you know, teased him and gave him, you know, some, some extra spicy salsa before the Texas game, whatever happened, he needs to do that again. And so I love it. I, I give him, I give him a B. I think that it is the arrow still pointing up too, um, because as you get guys like, uh, uh, with our Mason Thomas back, um, with, uh, Grayson Halton, uh, PJ, you know, getting stronger, it's going to, it's got a chance of being an A. And again, this, that's probably one of the more biggest surprises that I think that we uh, uh, will end up seeing. Uh, so does that arrow continue to point up? All right, linebacker. Uh, linebacker, you definitely, I, you know what? <laughs> this is what I'm going to say about linebacker. I think we're at a, a, at a B. But the reason why I say this is because you can't get caught up in all the success that that Stutzman is having. I think yeah. that um, at, at Cheetah, I think that we're definitely fine at Cheetah. Canick has had his uh, has had his highs and he's had his lows throughout this season, and that's if you're really just putting him under a microscope. To be honest with you, um, I think I I, I want to say that. As they improve, I think that it can go from a B to an A plus. To be honest with you, because I know what I'm going to get from Danny. Um, I honestly feel like I know what I'm going to get from Kip Lewis whenever he's in there yeah. uh, in the game. But Canick, as talented as he can be, I want to see him put it all all together, the, all six games. I want to yeah. see all six games, and I want to see McCullough. Uh, I think the next step for him is just just shoring up some of those things as far as as coverages so he can be out there on the field more. Because if you notice in the um, Texas game, we ran Dolby out there a lot, which I think Dolby is, yeah. is playing out his mind too. But um, I, I would say for me, I'd say probably a, a B right now, just a solid B, just because I want to see those two be be a little bit, a, a lot more consistent. And that's not to say they haven't had really good seasons. I'm just saying that I want to look at it a bit with a critical, with a critical perspective. No, yeah, and, and you're, you're dead right. Um, you know, my call your shot thing we get with Gabe and Teddy was him uh, on that Gentry interception was him dropping back into the zone. And a lot of the times people think it's all on the cornerback when guys are getting wide open slants. But usually the defense is called with that with once, uh, you know, you got to have a linebacker or a defensive end um, take away that passing lane. And you see it at times. So I'm going with the B+. Plus. Um, I think that we are nearly an A on the linebacker side. There is an absolute, um, you know, opportunity to continue to be an A. Um, and on that one, I don't even know what that looks like. If you have more than one player playing at the Danny's uh, level, um, it, it's hard. But again, uh, do you do you give our linebackers anywhere above a C last year? <laughs> Probably not. So to be fighting B plus, A minus. You know that, that that's that's tough. Uh, safety. Mm -hmm. So safety, um, safety. I would say I would say I <laughs> I hate to do this, but I would say A. I say A because I mean they just been solid. You haven't heard anything from Bill uh, from Billy Bowman. That's a good thing. Peyton yeah. Bowen has came in as a I, if he's not a freshman All American, then I don't know what is. Um, um, and then Key Lawrence. Look, guys, I, I think we've all said it before. If Key can play consistent, Key, Key has all the intangibles. He reminds yeah. me of one of those. He, he's a guy that honestly, and I know it's a different area, but that Legion of Boom 
he would have fit perfectly with them. The Cam Chancellor, like, yeah. Yes, he would have fit perfectly with them because that's his style of ball, to be honest with you, if yeah. you give him the right situation. So I think Key Lawrence, um, Reggie Pearson at times has looked uh, incredible coming downhill, popping people. But um, – and, and don't forget about RSJ as well. So, I mean, there's yeah. – you have a lot of depth back there. You have a lot of uh, key components. I would say, man, it's been an A thus far. Yeah, it's it's uh, I give them an A, uh, A minus is what I had written down here. Um, Key Lawrence, if you judge Key Lawrence on a play, uh, you're missing the bigger picture. I think Key Lawrence, uh, his magic is 100 percent tied up in the fact that it, if, if you don't know this, Key Lawrence was playing corner in the fourth quarter against Texas. Mm-hmm. First time all season that he played corner and it's against Texas in, in, in the key situation. So. He's he has still yet to really just go to a position and be there. Um, it is an absolute. I, I, I would be very very critical on Reggie Pearson. I think that he has he leaves a lot to be desired when he goes for his kill shots too many times. Um, you know he, he he is a swing and miss. But uh, the thing is, the difference about his swing and misses is he's the only one on the field that's doing it most of the time. Whereas in the past we've had it from every single position. Um, it, it's just, it's just bad. And it reminds me of, uh, the movie signs when he's just like mm-hmm. swing away, Meryl. Uh, you know, he just felt wrong not to swing like Reggie Pearson. It just feels wrong not to kill somebody mm-hmm. and not to get in there and try to disrupt them. So, um, we'll, but again, rewind five years ago and say, Hey, our safeties are going to be an a at mid season. You would have been like, how, why, what would happen? You know, because, um, you know, we still have PTSD from, you know, Justin Broyles, Pat Fields, um, a lot of guys like that who are just guys back there because it's the the, the, the lesser of evils. Bunch of uh, Jags. Bunch of Jags. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's wrap it up with uh, the cornerback. Oh, you, you got to give them an A as well. I mean, you you don't hear people trying to – people are not trying to pick on Woody Washington for whatever reason, and uh, Gentry has played um, – um, out his mind at times. Yeah. Um, Dolby has come in there. Um, you feel confident when, um, gosh, he didn't play in a Texas game. Why am I forgetting his name now? The church, Louisville. No. Oh, Kanai uh, uh, Walker. Kanai Walker. Kanai Walker has played really good football. You're still, and, and we've seen glimpses of Vickers, and I like Vickers. Vickers is going to yeah. be a very physical, he's a big, physical corner and i think that you're going to see him playing um some safety and corner to be honest with you but he's a big physical corner and he's just young but um i've liked what i've seen from that db real man i think it's been really good i'll say this right here i don't know what the hell um happened at bama and what happened in texas but i will say this right here thank you jesus that we got uh jay Valai. Anything was better than what we had uh, the past few years, past four or five years, to be honest with you. <laughs> Since 2000. Yeah, yeah. no, I mean, I, I don't think that we've ran, uh, you know, legitimate corners out there uh, for, for quite a long time. I mean, he, he it's just, I mean, it's just watching Gentry Williams consistently just be around the ball and create turnovers is, you know, because again, when I think the last person we saw that with is, uh, was Zach Sanchez. He was the last one that really um, – and, and uh, hold on a second. I'm getting um, – oh, goodness gracious. He, he he balled out against Baylor. 
cornerback. Um, I'll have to think of it. I, I, for, I forget off the top of my head. Um, it, it, we, we've seen just magic from this side. And again, uh, you know, you, you look at Emmett, you look at Jay Valai, you look at, you know, there's so many people on here that need to go on and, um, and just get great, um, uh, great raises here in the off season because you don't want those guys going anywhere else. So, uh, wrapping this up guys, uh, again, appreciate you. We're at the, uh, hour and 20 minutes, Chris. I, I, I know that you've got a uh, ninja practice to get to, so I'm going to go ahead and, uh, let's, let's get this wrapped up. Um, uh, a few bits of recruiting. If you're looking at it, uh, everybody likes to see these things. Um, forecasts are starting to come in for Grant Bricks. Mm-hmm. Uh, forecasts are in for Boganowski, mm-hmm. um, Evan Jordan, uh, Devon Jordan. Uh, Chris, you got any any thoughts on these guys? Um, no, I, I would love to have them all, man. I would love to have them all. I think Boganowski is just a, a yet a, again another piece that you're adding yeah. to that to that uh, to that what safety room. Um, yeah. um, same with, uh, with the kid from Tulsa. Um, I think you're trending, trending the right way, man. I really do. Um, and then Grant Briggs, I, I just got to see it to believe it, man. I mean, I, <laughs> it's just been here, there, there, here, there, here, whatever. So no, I would love to have them all. Um, man, I'm kind of interested in some of the faint rumors that you're, you're hearing, though. Yeah. Because I, I feel like now you're at a point in the season, especially if you can, you know, have have the rest of the way, if you went out and do what you need to do, are we the having flippers. some – are we at, yeah, we have some flips, right? Because yeah. I know Texas believes that they have Kobe Black uh, sewed up, and they, they may, they just may. But I know I've heard some rumors about him possibly showing up on campus as well, so – I'm really interested in that to kind of see because I know this is probably going to be one of those classes where we end up taking 30 or so kids, right? Yeah, uh, and you're going to, and you're going to make the numbers work, and you're going to look at some stuff because there's some guys who were floating around with the transfer portal this year, and you know, at, at the same time, this isn't like a fantasy football you know team where you can have one quarterback and seven wide receivers on your bench. Like you got to you got to have uh, the right numbers because you got you got a chance for, um, um, you know, some offensive linemen to leave, but you don't want to hurt your depth there. And so, um, but yeah, it's uh, the, the big names that you want to watch for the flippings uh, you know, the, the, the powers kid from Michigan state. Um, I still think that Peyton Pierce and Sammy Brown are not done. Absolute done deals. Uh, Nuneri is going to continue to be one all the way. Missouri playing good ball is not helping. Um, you know, that, that, that is, um, you know, that's, it's hard for him to do that. But I always said, if he was going to flip, it's going to have to be in December because he's going to piss off a lot of people around him. And I would rather make my bounce and then head to campus a few days later. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of teams, successes or lack thereof is going to be uh, a big factor in this, uh, a Terry Bussey situation like that. I think NIL are still big chunks of this. Also the transfer portal is going to be popping because you're going to have some, some contributors who are going to, uh, I, I fully believe this. Um, there's going to be a lot of people who want to come to Oklahoma in the off season that are going to get told no, uh, mm-hmm. because we're the numbers thing is going to be, is going to be tough because Venables really does care about these guys and he, he's not going to just be bouncing guys because they haven't made their jumps yet. Uh, But you, you know, as we see it this way, um, 
you got to think of it the other way too, is we've got a lot of depth and talent and you've got some third and fourth string guys who are legitimate playmakers and they're going to go somewhere else because they're fourth string. Yeah. Um, that's going to be tough, especially in the safety and the defensive back room. Um, and you know, don't, don't, don't get too excited about the, all these wide receivers and say, we're going to have 12 guys to pick from that. ain't going to play. Uh, you're going to see some other guys bounce out the wide receiver room too, especially with the hall that he has coming in in 25. So, um, but guys, I appreciate it for tonight. Thanks for hopping in here. Uh, again, Jay, um, is, uh, is in Vegas for a work trip. And apparently they don't have internet in Vegas. So when he comes back, you got to, you got to drill him on the, uh, going to places that are technologically, uh, behind the times like Las Vegas. Uh, but Chris, tell all of our phenomenal folks, where can they find you out, uh, find you on, uh, your socials, everything. Hey, so on Twitter, you can find me, uh, Chris, I said at Chris with a K. So that's K C H R I S with a underscore K on Twitter. Definitely follow that. Uh, follow us uh, at the uh, horns down pod on Twitter as well. And then also the horns down podcast, all one word, just type that into uh, YouTube and you'll find us. Definitely give us a like subscribe, do all of those different things. We're on the road to greatness right now. Hopefully, <laughs> this way I feel everything is starting to really grow and uh, trend in the right direction. So, hey, if you like what you heard tonight from my side, hey, go ahead and consider giving us a like and uh, subscribing as well. And if you were asking if Chris is actually my true brother, he is. Um, <laughs> I don't want to talk about it a lot because there was some uh, shenanigans. But uh, no, uh, guys, we appreciate Chris coming on. And once again, check us out. Uh, we're gonna have some more guests coming up here in the next couple weeks. So uh, we've got, uh, we, let's see, we have Christian Thatcher, twenty-five linebacker. Uh, he's gonna be hopping on with us. Um, if you go check out his Twitter, because he just dropped his first half of his junior highlights, and that's another linebacker that is going to be is going to be a great find. So uh, appreciate it. We are going to head out, but uh, stick around. We are going to be uh, back here on Wednesday and uh, dropping videos throughout the week. So until then. Give me a Chris. That's how we end. <laughs> you heard? No. Or it's down. <laughs>